just give you all the glory this morning. We give you all of our praise, all of our thanksgiving, all of our worship. And we thank you, God, for being with us. As we move into the holiday seasons, for those of us that turn into elf at Christmas time, we pray that you remind us what Christmas is really all about and that we give you all the glory in our joy and in our celebrations. And for those of us that the holidays are hard, God, we pray that you remind us that you are with us even in the midst of our pain and our sorrow and our grief and our loss, that you are with us and you still continue to give us something to rejoice in. God, we thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated this morning. On the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. God is All right, Christchurch, I'm uh, Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at uh, Christchurch. Glad you're with us, upper room. Uh, glad you're up there today and uh, know that you're having a powerful uh, experience upstairs as well. Uh, we are in our Christmas uh, season, and uh, it's around uh, these words, God uh, with us. And we're looking at uh, just the power of those words in the variety of seasons, the variety of experiences uh, that we go through uh, in our lives. And uh, these words come to us in this Christmas season. They come to us from the Gospel of Matthew. It actually, uh, verse uh, 22 up there, reminds us that, that these are words that have been on God's heart and mind for a long time, that he actually spoke them through uh, a prophet in the Old Testament uh, long before Jesus came, uh, and uh, the prophet Isaiah. And uh, let's read verse uh, 23 together so that we get those words uh, in our head and our hearts uh, that's what we want by the time we're done with this series, right? So join me, will you? One, two, three. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, right? Uh, that is a huge, powerful statement, and uh, it applies to all those seasons and circumstances uh, in our lives. And so last week, we looked at one of those experiences being uh, in the valley. And today we're going to look at uh, another experience. Uh, today it's about those times when we're in uh, the wilderness or in the desert. And the Bible uh, uses both of those images and kind of uses them somewhat uh, interchangeably. But, but the theme behind each of those, whether it's desert or wilderness, uh, is really, really parallel, right? Uh, and uh, if you got your half sheet out and, and your pencil and paper, uh, there's some phrases you're going to want to circle as you understand what it means to be in the wilderness or, or in the desert, right? Uh, to be in the wilderness, it says, well, in general, it's a geographical region beyond the limits. Circle the phrase there, beyond the limits. That is an important phrase for us to understand in our own lives when those, those wilderness experiences come. Uh, beyond the limits of civilization and widely perceived as disorderly and 
inhospitable. You're going to want to underline, circle, whatever, disorderly and inhospitable, right? Uh, those two phrases, uh, beyond the limits and disorderly and inhospitable, really, I think, speak to what we often experience uh, in our lives as the wilderness or the desert, right? Uh, those times that are kind of beyond our limits, right? Uh, it's really the, the experiences or those, those seasons in our life where it's like we just don't feel like we have control, right? We just don't feel like we're in control of things. Life isn't unfolding like we thought. Uh, it's just not the, the way it's supposed to be. And yet here we are, right? We're just kind of you know, wandering in this time period of our life, wondering which way to go and what to do. Should I stay in my job? Should I go look for a different job? I'm really not happy in my job, but boy, I really like, you know, the the provision it gives me, and I just, I just don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm in this relationship, and, you know, I, I like the guy or I like the gal, but, man, it doesn't seem to be deepening. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Should I stay in the relationship? Should I not stay in the relationship? What should I do? You know, so seasons in our lives where things are just kind of beyond our limits, right? They're just kind of beyond our ability to kind of control everything uh, that's going on, Right? And because it's beyond our limits, it leads us to, to feel a sense of just disorder in inhospi- inhospitality, inhospitable, right? That, that life is just kind of out of order. I didn't think it happened this way. I wasn't expecting this. I'm not sure what's coming next, right? Wilderness seasons in our lives are, are often those times where we, we just kind of lose that sense of control. We kind of feel a sense of wandering, lostness. And often we feel very alone. Am I accurate in describing the wilderness that hits our lives? Right? Isn't that kind of the way it goes? Yeah, exactly. And we all have those experiences, those seasons in our life where, where we just find ourselves uh, in, in that wilderness uh, kind of experience. And so what does it mean for us to be able to say what Isaiah prophesied, what Matthew Uh, wrote down that God is with us even in the seasons of the wilderness. That's what we're going to try to unpack today. Uh, First thing for you to note is uh, it's just a simple truth that the wilderness can be a dangerous place, right? The wilderness can be really uh, a dangerous place. If you look at the Gospel of Mark, uh, this is where he talks about Jesus being out in in the wilderness And uh, we'll look at verse 12 later on, but notice verse 13 right now. Uh, Verse 13 says, uh, Jesus was out there in the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals. Does this sound like a dangerous place? When we get into these seasons, right, when we get into that experience of just kind of feeling like we're wandering, like life is out of control, we're just not sure what's coming next, we're not sure where to go or what to do next, right, we we get kind of numb out there, we just need to know that when those seasons come, those are dangerous places, right? And it's easy for us in those places to make significant missteps, right? Uh, It's easy for us, especially in terms of our faith, to, to, to get lost, to begin to wander away, or to isolate ourselves and be absolutely lonely and withdraw 
right? Even, even Christ followers, we experience that when, when a wilderness comes where a Christ follower will, for whatever reason, feel lonely and, and make themselves more lonely and actually withdraw from the body, right? Because they're in this season of wilderness and, and disorder. The wilderness is simply a dangerous place. The psalmist in Psalm 78 tries to point that out, looking back at the experience of God's people when they wandered in the wilderness, right? Remember, God rescued his people from, uh, from uh, Egypt, where they were in slavery, uh, and he took them out into, uh, into the, the wilderness, right? And, and so the psalmist now is looking at that whole experience, kind of this, this overview experience, and saying, what, what, when they were in the wilderness, what really went on? Right? And, and he notes that it's a dangerous place. Right? Look what he says. Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Were they in the dangerous place? And with their faith, with their relationship with God, Right? They were in a dangerous place. Verse 42 says, They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. They did not remember his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders on the plains of Zoan. They did not remember. Here's the most dangerous thing about the wilderness. You ready? The most dangerous thing about the wilderness is to forget the very words we just read from Isaiah. The most dangerous thing in the wilderness is to forget the whole theme that we're talking about this Christmas. The most dangerous thing in the wilderness is to forget God is where? With us. That's the most dangerous thing in the wilderness. That we can withdraw not only from other people, but that we can isolate ourselves even from God. And when we do that, then we are just wandering. For us, the good news, if, if you're already walking with Christ, right, if you already understand the power and the presence of God in your life, the good news is that phrase, God is with us. And if we understand that phrase in the wilderness, it changes the wilderness experience. doesn't mean we won't go through a wilderness. Sure we will. But how we go through the wilderness becomes completely different. It starts with just a simple faith fact. God knows his way around the wilderness. Right? We get in the wilderness and we think somehow it depends all on us finding our way through the wilderness when the reality is, no, we're, we're looking to the wrong guidance, right? God knows his way around the wilderness, right? Anybody uh, recognize one of these things anymore? Yeah, my kids holler at me all the time because I still have one of these things, and, and they just kind of say, Dad, it's on your phone. You don't need that thing anymore. This is a GPS unit for those who don't remember these things. Okay, I won't ask if anybody can raise their hand and tell me if they still use this thing because you all use your phone, right? I still use it, okay? I'll admit it. I still use it. It's easy for me. It works for me, right? And that's the key. It works, Right? The simple process of the GPS unit is I trust this thing knows where it's going and I trust at the end of the day it's going to get me to the destination. That's its function and its purpose. 
Now, in the process, I have to admit, as we go through this thing and it says turn left, I kind of shout at it once in a while and debate whether I should or whether I shouldn't, right? Not really convinced about whether that really left. But ultimately, what do I know? If I follow the directions this thing gives me, it is ultimately going to get me to my destination. It's the same principle in our faith walk with God. That is, God knows his way even in the wilderness. When he rescued the people of Israel, he brought them out of Egypt. What were they? Well, they were just a bunch of bricklayers, brickmakers. That's all they knew. They were slaves in Egypt. All they knew was how to make bricks. They had no clue how to camp, right? They had no clue how to navigate. They didn't know how to get anywhere. All they knew was what? How to be a slave in Egypt. And so they had to learn to just absolutely trust this simple truth that God knows his way even in the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. Great phrase. Remember, think about this. The Lord went ahead of them. You're sitting here on Sunday. God is already working on your Monday. Isn't that awesome? You're sitting here on Sunday, but the one who knows the way through your Monday, he's already working on your Monday. God went ahead of them, right? Advance guard. God went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel how often? By day and by... Was there ever a time their GPS unit, the Almighty God, was ever confused about what direction they ought to go? Absolutely not. He knows his way through the wilderness. And the Lord did not remove that pillar of cloud or that pillar of fire from his place in front of the people at any point, at any time. All they had to do was follow. All they had to do was follow. That's why the wilderness, if you're a Christ follower already, right, and and if you're ready to come to that place where you just put that kind of trust in in God through Christ, right, you you find out that the wilderness doesn't need to be a scary place. It doesn't need to be a lonely place. The wilderness can actually be an invitation. It can be an actual invitation for your good. Think about this. The Gospel of Mark again. This is John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist preceded Jesus. He's the one that said, hey, there's one coming who is mightier than I, right? And he is out in the wilderness. And he is preaching repentance out where? In the wilderness. And where does he invite all the people to come from their homes and in Jerusalem and all that wonderful stuff that they're experiencing in life? He invites them to leave all of that stuff and come out to the wilderness. And what happens when they do that? They get baptized in repentance and their life changes. Where? In the wilderness. You see, the wilderness can actually be a place of invitation where God can grow us, mature us, and help us learn what does it mean that he really is with us. 
We looked at this verse uh, earlier in Mark 1 where Jesus was, and we said, you know, the wilderness is a dangerous place. But don't miss verse 12. Jesus is baptized by John. Great experience. He's, you know, the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes and descends on him as a dove, right? I mean, pinnacle moment. And you'd think, wow, this guy is pumped and ready to go. No. No. In fact, the very next thing that happens, it says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit then did what? It compelled him. Did he have a choice in the matter? Not according to the word, right? The word says it compelled him, that, that he, he was driven to go where? It compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. Now, why did he have to go to the wilderness for 40 days? He just got baptized. The Holy Spirit just came upon him. The Father just spoke over him. You'd think this guy would be pumped and and ready to go and just launch right out in ministry and call those disciples and start making it happen. Instead, the Spirit compels him to have 40 days where? In the wilderness. Why? Because in the wilderness, he learns to absolutely depend on on the Father. And when he faces the cross, what does he have to do? When he faces the wilderness of the cross, he has to absolutely depend on the Father. Where did he learn that? In the wilderness. In the wilderness. We see it in his ministry, right? He's doing his ministry, and great stuff is happening, and people are swarming to him. And yet, even in the wilderness, while there's all these crowds of people that come to hear him, and and he's doing all the healing of their sickness, verse 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place. It's the Bible's way of saying the wilderness. He often withdrew to a lonely place, and what did he do there? And prayed. He reconnected and learned once again in the wilderness what does it mean to absolutely depend on God. Before uh, Jill and I came to uh, Christ Church, I was serving a church down in Burlington, Wisconsin, and uh, I got to tell you, we were doing great. We had regenerated that church, you know, renewed that church down there, and and it, it was growing, and we had all kinds of kids running around, and uh, things were going pretty great. We're getting ready to talk about starting a new church in the neighboring town and expanding, and you know, it was going fantastic. And the uh, coolest part for me personally was my house was like two payments away from being paid for. Is that a good moment in life? Yeah, right, exactly. And then I got a telephone call saying, uh, we'd like to talk to you about Christ Church. I said, okay, can I be open to the Holy Spirit? I said, okay, well, you know, Christ Church back then was a different place. You know, we were worshiping 50 or 60 people. Uh, on the first Sunday I did came, uh, did come to Christ Church. On that first Sunday, uh, we had five kids in Sunday school. Three of them were mine. <laughs> Just to let you know, right? That, that's where we're starting. So that we knew, so like we knew that's, that's what we would be getting into, Right? And I'll tell you what, Jill and I were in the wilderness for a good month and a half because we kept saying, God, really? Things, things are going great here. We're doing fine here. And God, did, did you happen to notice our house is almost paid for? 
What did we have to learn in the wilderness? Depend, depend on him. Just depend on him. And look where we are here. Look at what God is doing here. Look, look all of you, here. What do we have to learn? In the wilderness, it may not add up. It may not make sense. It's not about your wisdom. In the wilderness, learn to just depend. Depend on God. That's why Ephesians says, make the most of every opportunity, even in the wilderness. When you're in the wilderness, that can be a great invitation to not, not focus on the wilderness, to not focus on the, on, on the little things, right? When we get into the wilderness, we start focusing on the little things, right? The, the people of God were in the wilderness, and God's leading them with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And, and what do they start focusing on? You know, we haven't had a piece, a good piece of meat for months. Really? That's it? That's the most important thing in the wilderness. Yeah, we haven't had meat we need some meat around here. You see, we can get confused, disoriented, and we can start focusing on the wrong things. In the wilderness, we get the opportunity, the invitation to just learn to depend on God. Why? He knows his way through the wilderness. He knows his way through the wilderness. Now, if you're in a wilderness season right now in your life, and you're listening, you're saying, but I want to get out of the wilderness, I understand. Absolutely, right? The, the, the people of God, they, they wandered in that wilderness for 40, 40 years, but they finally got to the promised land. And, and that's where we all want to move, right? We all want to be able to move through the wilderness. And so we go into the wilderness, we, we learn that invitation to depend on God, but we ultimately want to get through the wilderness. How do we get there? The easiest way, the best thing I can tell you to get through your wilderness is when you're in the wilderness, one, learn the lesson of depending on God. And two, when you're in the wilderness, look for the opportunity to glorify God. See, what happens to us in the wilderness? Again, we start focusing where? Just like in the valley, we start focusing on ourselves. We start making decisions for ourselves, right? We start making decisions in our own, what we think is in our own best interests. The reality is depend on God and look for the opportunity to glorify God, and that's the way through the wilderness. That pulls you and compels you into that promise of what's ahead of you. Let me, let me show that to you. This is from the Gospel of John. It's one of my favorite stories uh, in the Scripture. Right? This is the experience when Lazarus uh, is sick. Right? So Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus, right? And he gets sick. And so they send news to Jesus and say, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. You need to come and you just need to do what you do and just heal him and make him well. Now, you'd think Jesus would hear that and do what? Get up and go, right? I mean, why would he not? Just get up and go. He, he can do it. Why would he not just drop everything, get up and go? Instead, it says he intentionally waits two days. Where does that leave Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, Lazarus' sisters? 
that leaves them in the wilderness, right? They are in the wilderness because Lazarus is literally dying. And Jesus intentionally lets them stay for those two days in the wilderness. Why would he do that? He answers the questions. When Jesus heard about Lazarus, that he was sick, he said, eh, it's not, it's not going to end in death. No, it happened. Why? It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. What is the purpose of waiting the extra days? He waits for Lazarus to die. He brings him back from death to life so that nobody can question or doubt this was God doing something awesome. It was all for the glory of God. It's not the only experience. You go back into the Old Testament. God has rescued the people from Egypt, right? Brought them out of slavery for the first time, right? And he leads them to the Red Sea, and they camp by the Red Sea. Now, what you don't know is where God led them, it looks like the worst place in the world to camp, right? And Pharaoh, wise guy that he was, he looks at the situation and says, yeah, Boy, did they make a bad mistake. Look where they are. They are like ripe for the picking, right? And Exodus 14, we see that God is working in that wilderness toward a specific end. He has positioned the people of God exactly where they need to be for a particular reason. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're in the wilderness after all. They're trapped there in the wilderness and once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. Look what it says. I have planned this in order to display what? When all common sense said, man, somebody messed up, took them to the wrong place, they're cooked. God, in his eternal wisdom, says, no, no, this is for my glory. When you're in the wilderness, you learn to depend on God and begin working and doing and looking for the opportunity to glorify God. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he was facing the cross, what does he say? Nope, can't avoid this. I can't avoid this hour. Why? Because this is the very reason I came. Father, bring, where? bring what? Bring glory to your name. What is Jesus looking to do in the wilderness of his death? Bring glory to his name. Now, the hard part of all this is that when we're in the wilderness and we're seeking to depend and learning to bring, looking to bring glory to him, it also means we have to wait. How many people, when you go to the store and you look at the checkout lines, you intentionally get in the longest line? Didn't think so, right? No, what do we do? We go for the shortest line, right? In fact, now, I don't know about you, I even go through the self-scan line, right? I don't like going through the self-scan line. I would rather go through the line where there's a person because I want to talk to them and I want to invite them to come to Christ Church and, you know, do the stuff that I do, right? I hope we do that. But I'd rather talk with a person. But i got to admit, I go to the self-scan line quite often. Why? Because I can just scan through. I can just get out of there because I don't like waiting. And yet the challenge for us in the wilderness, as we depend on God, as we look to, look to bring him glory, 
it often means we have to wait. Look what the psalmist says. Be still in the presence of the Lord and do what? And wait patiently. Really? Yeah. It's part of the value of the wilderness. When we depend on God, when we look to bring him glory, we wait for him to do what only he can do. We wait for him to do only what he can do. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. We wait patiently for him to do only what he can do. We depend on him. We look for his glory and we wait. Scripture says, when we were utterly helpless, wilderness, Christ came when? At just the right time. We have to wait on God's timing. We have to wait to let him do what only he can do, right? Look what he does. He lifted me out of the pit, right? He set my feet on solid ground. He's given me a new song to sing. All of that has done so people are going to look, see, he's going to get glory, and they're going to be amazed. Here's the bottom line in the wilderness. You ready? The bottom line in the wilderness is right where we started. If you're in a season of wilderness, when you get into a season of wilderness, remember Christmas. Remember what you celebrate at Christmas. It's enough for us. It's simply enough for us in the seasons when we're in the wilderness to just know the simple truth that even in the wilderness, God is where? God is with us. And don't draw away. Don't isolate yourself. When you're in that wilderness, it is the time to reach out. we got a group here called Celebrate Recovery. They are there for you when you're going through those seasons of wilderness. They're there for you so you don't isolate yourself, but you can reach out and you can have other Christ followers around you to encourage you and strengthen you and help you find dependence on God and find a way to glorify God and find your way ultimately through the wilderness. It is enough for us to know God is with us. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the truth today. Uh, We depend on it, absolutely depend on it, whether it's a valley or whether it's that desert and that wilderness. You're with us. Thank you. Lord, we pray for the people in the room today who are in the middle of a season of of wilderness right now because it can be really scary. It can be dangerous. It can be confusing. Uh, Lord, it can feel like they're all alone. And We just pray today you'd bring this word to them especially. Uh, that they could could reach out beyond themselves, uh, that they could just hear this truth today, to just depend on God. He knows his way, and he can lead you through whatever it is. He can lead you through and, and bring you a place that glorifies him. So, Lord, let it be enough for us today to just know that whether it's the valley or the wilderness, you are indeed with us. Amen.